I almost forgot to set the recording because I was too busy buying some KP skips. <gasps> oh, KP skips is good, isn't they? Yeah, I have to. I order them in bulk from. I, I almost said I have to, as if this is a need. <laughs> it's it's not a need. It's a want. I want to order them in bulk because it takes a while to get from the UK over here because they don't sell skips mm, over here. Skips. So I I go to Amazon and I get like a like a pack of. 20 bags of six. They don't sell any good crisps in America, do they? Not really. They got, um... I mean, they got some nice homegrown ones that are okay. Yeah, but you've not got... You've, you've not got skips. You've, you've... What the hell are crisps, guys? What are what are crisps? Are, are you talking about potato chips? Oh, sorry, potato chips. You, you, you don't have skips. You don't have Transformer snacks or Tangy mm. Toms. You don't have Monster Munch. What even is the point of America? <laughs> I don't even think I can get Tangy Toms on... Um... Oh, got to click place your order. There we go. Uh, I don't even <laughs> think you can get Tammy Tong... Uh, Tammy Tongs? Tangy Toms on um, Amazon, even. I've looked for them before, but I'm going to look at it again. I used to get them all the time when I was a kid. Oh, wait a fucking second. Golden Wonder Tangy Toms. How, how much is it for you to get Tangy Toms in America? I bet you it's more than 10 pence a bag. Um, probably. What we've got? 36 bags, I think. 28 grams times 36, $20.30. I'm not sure what the conversion is on that. Uh, you, you, you're paying like... What, 75 cents? You're paying about five times over the odds for a bag of Tangy Toms. Ooh. It's a premium on that. Just pretend it's weed. That would make it easy to do the math. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think the price has gone up considerably even in the UK because I, I think I saw, the bag's gone now because I'm on the order uh, placing page. I think it said two bags for 50p. Oh, no, no. In inflation. If if you go to Poundland on the right day, you can still get like a multi-pack 10 bags for a pound. Ah. That, of course, is why the Tangy Tom brand uh, corn snack has had to introduce things like a season pass where you can get <laughs> extra flavours throughout the year because the price never changed, folks. Yeah. The, the, the Tom industry kept the price the same, so they need to have micro-Tom's actions. <laughs> when we were kids, we used to literally do microtransactions. We would go up with, with one pound because we had pounds in those days. Mm. Uh, not euros, and you would buy a hundred penny sweets with your pound. Nice. Oh, that those were the days. I I miss those days. And then nick a load of chocolate bars from the counter while the 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 lady was bending down to get them. <laughs> you ragamuffin! <laughs> you rapscallion! And get caught, and get caught, and get brought down to the shop to apologise and give it all back. Sorry. I did have a phase where I went nicking. Don't do this if there are any kids listening. You shouldn't be listening anyway. That's your first crime um yeah I, I went for a brief period i went nicking um but i turned myself in to my mum <laughs> because i've got a terrible thing with guilt where if i feel like i've done something dishonest it haunts and plagues me for the rest of my life and i've got to confess so i fessed up um that was that and then i stopped i stopped going nicking well, and that, now I'm I'm glad to know that I'm the only official non-criminal on the show. Yeah, you crime doers. You were the only non-thief. We, you know what? We got caught stealing. Who framed Roger Rabbit stickers? <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Oh god. Yeah. Oh. That should go. That should go on my CV. I think the most pathetic thing I nicked was. Um... Tearing open cereal packets to get the Rugrats freebies inside. <laughs> oh my! God. I think that was the worst thing. Um, like I stole like 
better things than that. But like that was just the shittest, what is the point of this kind of... At that point, you're only in it for the thrill of the steal, I think. <laughs> um, but, but there you go. Looking at some of my past orders, it's no wonder I'm a tubby boy. Um, Walker snack packs, you can get boxes of those with Quavers, Watsits, and Monster Munch inside. Mostly for the Monster Munch there. In the end, I just cut out the middle person and just started buying beef Monster Munch directly. Because oh. that's the best one. No, the, the, the spicy the spicy Monster Munch, the, uh, the, the Flamin' Hot ones are the best. I like Flamin' Hot. You know what they released that is like my new favourite thing in the world? What's that? In the UK, you can get a bag where it is all of the crisps are flavoured with that Flamin' Hot flavour. But it's Monster Munch, Watsits... French fries and Doritos, oh. all with that flaming hot flavor mixed up in a bag. All mixed up. Oh, it's good. <laughs> oh, that does sound good. Like I like flaming hot. Beef is my fight is my best one, but I do like flaming hot. And then once I've eaten those, I will eat the pickled onion ones. I will eat them, but I will not rush to them. I actually cannot imagine how bored people are listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a good time. Don't harsh our buzz. People are here because they enjoy us just having a chin wag. Anyway, the moral of this all is, and the whole point I started this podcast was to say that I probably should get some knickknacks here soon. I think I've talked about knickknacks on the show before, but they are very good. There's not a bad flavour as far as I'm concerned. Can you not get them in America either? Uh, Through Amazon I can. So... Over here, the thing I've discovered is not only can you get your normal bags of knickknacks, you can get big bags where it's just like, it's like six or seven bags worth of the same flavour in one bag. Oh, that's good. Oh, they do have Space Raiders on the Amazon. That's cool. Um, Okay, we'll move off from British (laughs) snacks. We'll move off from British snacks because now I'm worried that people are just bored. Um, And we don't want to bore people on episode 199. (gasps) 199? 199? We got 200th coming up. 200 episodes of this utter shit. Uh, You're very, very welcome. Hey, hey. I'm not going to be too harsh on us. We actually, before this episode started, we started planning for episode 200 rather than just... Oh yeah, we started coming up with stuff. We actually thought of stuff, like, you know, not the day before we record. Yeah. Like, it's not like... We're not going to, like, put on a full production of Les Mis or anything, but we'll do some nice little retro stuff, like... Yeah. Having a look at what... Don't, don't give it away, don't give it away, don't give it away. we got plans. I won't give it away, give it away yet. No, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Leave it at that. <laughs> by the way, I'm Jim Sterling. I'm on Podquisition, which is what you're listening to right now, and I'm joined by Laura Dale. Hello, Laura. How are you? I am good. I've had a good week. Uh, I, found, I, I don't know what I've done this week. I've been busy with stuff. I've got some cool stuff in the works. It's been a, I'm, I'm doing good. That was a lot of words to say I'm doing all right, Jim. How are you? That's all right. That's all right. I'm good. Physically, I'm a mess. Um, but I'll talk about that in a second. Um, mentally, in a good mood. Yeah. There's been an ever so slight uptick on the channel this week. So I'm not in quite the bad mood I'm usually in on a Tuesday when I'm like, why is the Jimquisition doing so bad? Fucking YouTube. God fucking damn YouTube. Ah! So I'm, I'm a bit less like that today. That's funny. So did I. Uh, uh, maybe the algorithm. Actually, I don't want to jinx it. I'll just... Yeah, let's not jinx it. But I had my best best month this year. Things are doing okay despite YouTube. At the moment, I'm sure they'll find a way to fuck it up. I don't know what fizzwiz are. I haven't said... Oh, no, it's just a whole... Oh, no, that's one of those dipping... Sorry, I'm looking at British things again. Sorry. Um... Yeah, okay, so so how are you in general, Gav? I'm good, not too bad now. Enjoying a couple of days off after a mad work binge, so... 
chilled, good, relaxed, good, nice. Good, good. Yeah, I mean, a good mood. Um, but yeah, this Sunday I, I went up to training. Because um, Sturdust gets to have all the credit, but I'm the one who has to do the practicing and the physical side of it. And I have to feel it in the morning. Um, but yeah, I can do new things. I can do new things in wrestling. So that's been exciting. Very proud of myself. Um, apparently I pick it up very quick to the point where they, um, the guy was training me was like, this ain't your first time. So I'm very pleased with that. I can do run the ropes. I can do lock up, lock up with the opponent. Uh, I can throw him about, I can do a bulldog. Um, so I'm going to be pulling out moves hopefully on September 22nd when we are, uh, well, when Stardust gets all the credit uh, in a match September 22nd at the Hideaway in Jackson, and I'll leave it at that. I'll keep the wrestling stuff just just quick and, and out the way because I know some people don't care for it. Some people like hearing about it. Some people don't. So best of both worlds is talk about it, but just a bit. Talk about it just a bit and then move on. And let's move on to, I suppose we could talk about, I don't know if, if either of you are up for talking about some video games. I suppose. I could probably do a video game or two. I think there's one that that me and Gav have played enough of yeah. this week that we got some thoughts on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Excited to hear your thoughts on this now. You played that Spider-Man, didn't you, Gav? We did. The Spider-Man. God damn it, Peter Parker! Get me photos of that no good fucking Spider-Man! He took a shit on my... Breakfast, Spider-Man. I love that uh, Jonah is is basically Alex Jones in the new game. Yes, he is perfect. That is the perfect modern interpretation of J. Jonah Jameson. Is a conspiracy slugin right wing talk show radio host. Internet, in- internet talk show radio host. There, there was a person. There was a bit right near the beginning where he's doing one of his like radio internet podcast things, where someone says just like. I think it's really sad that you're so angry all the time. And he tries to spin it as like, no, I'm not angry. I'm in love with this country and I want it to be better. And it's it's just like, it perfectly encapsulates. Everyone just looks at you and goes, no, you're just such a rageful man. That's really sad. It's like, no, no, it's not rage. I'm rage love America. Starts ranting about Spider-Man's sexual deviancy oh and God, uh, yeah. the, the problem with millennials. And the na- the na- the Nazi bees. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I marked out at that because I, I do, I, I sort of, pop a little when I hear references to obscure villains and I was like Swarm! Swarm! He's talking about Swarm! I know that! I'm familiar with it! <laughs> Lots of little touches like that. Yeah. Um. Do you want to go first Laura? Or? Uh, yeah, I can I can give a bit more thoughts because like, I, I talked about it a little bit last week. I, I just sort of started. Um, One thing I didn't mention last week I kind of like those uh, Mary Jane missions that pop up. Uh, kind of a nice change of pace that I I did not expect to like the don't play as Spider-Man bits of the Spider-Man game. i tell you why that is. Mm. I said this in my video review. Yeah. It's because they are linear and just beautifully, um, what's the word, telegraphed. Like, you know exactly where you need to go and therefore mm. it's all about the timing on your part. You, it just feels like it's got this natural fluidity to it mm. uh, where you're, you're not waiting for guards to go on some fucking patrol. Yeah. It's everything, all of the the stealth moments unlock as you reach them, and then it's all just quick timing on your part and making sure that you don't fuck that up. They're stupidly easy, which all forced stealth segments in non-stealth games should be. And any section of any video game where you don't have your full power set should be 
easy and the interesting thing should come from what narrative thing is cool that is going on rather than from trying to get through without all of your cool mechanics. Yeah. Um, I do like that for some reason she still has like spider sense vision and yeah. can like yeah, do yeah. her detective vision. Don't know why that is, but I, I enjoyed it regardless. There was a mission where um where you're kind of between the two of them and I thought that was so beautifully mm. designed. One of the best missions of the year for sure. Yeah. I there's a lot of really cool stuff on that. Yeah. Um it was so nice to um like this probably it's not really a spoiler. There's a mission where you're playing as Mary Jane and you're talking to Spider-Man as he's on the way. Mm. And it was just really nice to have that perspective flipped. I thought that was a cool little moment. There, there was a couple of there was a couple of story bits that I I really liked how they handled um compared to like other recent bits of Spider-Man media, particularly compared to say like I I think that the the Spider-Man movie that came out relatively recently, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, like did all right at this, but I think that this game does even better is starting in media res and just explaining as it goes along and not trying to fucking like make you live through backstory stuff. Yeah. Because, like, just talking about some early game stuff, it's, like, it sets up, uh, your parents are dead, you lived with Aunt May, who's a very supportive uh, parent, Uncle Ben's dead, uh, you were in a relationship with Mary Jane, it didn't work out well, but she does know that you're Spider-Man, and that's, like, on good terms. Here's your setup with Doc Ock. Like, all of that stuff was just... It felt really naturally established. Even the last Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2, mm. which was based on the last Sony movie. So that was a sequel. Yeah. Even that started with the murder of Uncle Ben. Yeah. And I'm like, but this is this is a sequel. This is a game based on the sequel to a movie that already got that out. Why am I doing this again? I, I think I think all you get for the Uncle Ben death thing is you see a picture of young Peter Parker with Uncle Ben at some point and he looks a bit sad about it. And I'm like, oh, that's that's all we need. Oh, yeah, yeah. And May, and May mentions him once as well. Yeah. Yeah, it comes up. Like, the way they start the game is just perfect. It, you literally have, like, a 30-second cutscene and then you're out the fucking window swinging mm. in the streets. It's it's brilliant. And those transitions are so good as well. I've not seen yeah. ones that feel... Probably not outside God of War. That was probably the last one where it yeah. felt so seamless. But that was just the moment it starts swinging from a cutscene, you're playing. Yeah. Really well done. And a nice short, like, it, it wastes no time letting you out into the city. And you from that, from 30 seconds into the game, you can go anywhere in the entire map. I really liked that right from the offset, I could go, okay, I want to just get this map lit up with the map towers as quickly as possible. I want to go yeah. solve a bunch of crimes. I want to go take a bunch of pictures of uh, landmarks as I pass them, get a bunch of upgrade materials, get some cool powers and uh, and outfits, and then I'll do the story. Yeah. yeah. I also like that the story had advanced Peter Parker because mm. so many of them like keep in that... Um, you know, he's working as a photographer for the Bugle, he's in high school, all of this. And the comics have moved on from that, like, so long ago. Right, right near the beginning, they established, like, okay, he's been Spider-Man for, like, I think they said something like eight years he's been Spider-Man already. Like, they set up here the expected relationships he's supposed to build and then break, like, oh, he's going to go to Oscorp and not like it. It's like, no, we already did all that. He didn't like Oscorp. That's why he's not there. I mean, him and Mary Jane have already been together and now he's moved on. Like, that, that whole stuff's been... It's it's the stuff that's interesting in the comics that because the movies keep getting rebooted time and time and time and time again, 
we never really get to see this stuff explored outside of the comics. Indeed. Yeah. I was, I was really happy with a lot of that. I've been reading a lot of the comics lately as well, like trying to see some of the more modern, especially the Dan Slott stuff. I liked on Dan Slott's writing. Um, so that was really good to see like him in that sort of science phase of the Spider-Man career rather than the high school struggling to make ends meet, although there is some of that still. Um, but, you know, like just not working for J. Jonah Jameson anymore and... Jameson having to move on because print media is not so much of a thing anymore. Uh, and it's good that they had some of that in there. Yeah. Mechanically as well, I I I've been really enjoying the combat in this, even when it's even when it's just here's a bunch of waves of enemies, like th- those missions where it's here's an enemy base, fight all the waves of enemies, here's a bunch of them one after another. I still really enjoy the combat even when I'm just fighting a bunch of dudes. It made a lot of the busy work feel a little less like work. Yeah. The combat, I have to say, the combat took me a while. I was having a really hard time with it at first, and I was saying this to you guys, and this is what I do not recommend to people. Don't do what I did, which is to replay the Arkham series before this game. Oh, because your Batman muscle memory and timings will f- <laughs> fuck you up in this one so bad. It's It feels like such a similar type yeah. of combat system that you would think that it would overlap, but it doesn't. It, it took me, like, I died more times in the first three hours of this game than in, like, any other game this wow. year. Com- like, complete. And now, like... I'm about, I don't know how far in, I'm about five or six hours. And now the combat is just so smooth. It's just once you realise you need to keep moving and not be in the middle of stuff like Batman is. Yeah. And and, and not to be relying on counters, but to be using all your swings and your, your, your air attacks. And He's a very different type of hero. You need to be keeping yeah. people in the air, like webbing them to walls, getting out the way, dodging. Like you don't want to be in a one-on-one fist fight with anyone. Yeah. Like the gadgets in Batman feel awkward to use. And I didn't use too many of them. Whereas in this, they are very quick and easy to use. I felt the opposite, actually. I found, I mean, Batman, you just hold the left trigger and hit a button. But in this one, you have to be switching between them with a radial menu during combat, which I find really slows it down. I mean, I can see that, yeah. yeah. Like, I didn't I didn't do too much swapping, I guess. Like, I, I would swap maybe once or twice during a whole, like, during a lengthy combat, because there were a few that I just really like using. Um, but then once I've got what I want, then I feel they're easier to apply than they are in Batman. Come to think of it, yeah, there's a couple of... There's one gadget and one suit power that completely changed the game to me because they're so fucking OP. Hmm. There's this uh, suit power called Web Blossom. Yeah. And as soon as I unlock that, <laughs> like every single crime becomes an absolute piece of piss. <laughs> Web Blossom is is very powerful. Yeah. Uh, spy- the spider buddy as well. I really like the spider buddy. Yeah. It's not quite as instant carnage as Web Blossom, yeah. but it's very fun to use and it is pretty damn powerful. But one thing I really liked was that ability to detangle the, the abilities from the suits. Yes. Mm. Because obviously you've got to buy the new suit to get the new ability that that suit grants. Yeah. But you can be like, I want that new power. I'll buy the new suit, but then put that power on that that suit that I actually want to wear. Yeah. They know what you want. They know that people want to... And I wish more games would do that. I always had a problem with Fable doing that, where they tied stats to some of the gear, where I'm like... Yeah. Like, I get it. You want good stats on gear, but... 
I wanna look how I wanna look. Yeah. There's one genre of games where I'll give them a pass if they don't do that, and that's MMOs. Because if you're doing PvP in MMOs, there is an argument to be made for if you look at another enemy player that you could start a fight with, it is very useful to be able to know, okay, what can that player do based on the, their equipment? Oh, no, it has its place. Yeah. I feel like it's very it's very intrinsic to RPGs as well. Yeah, it in, in multiplayer, maybe I can see the argument for not doing it, but in a single-player-only experience, let me do the fashion thing and yeah. detangle that from my stats. It, it works... It works in certain contexts. Yeah. I don't think that would work in now something like Elder Scrolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, this is an example of a game where it's like, I'm so glad they did it, and I'd, yeah. be, I'd be bothered if they hadn't. Yeah, because some of the suits are goddamn ugly. <laughs> some of the suits are ugly, and some of the powers are dreadful. Like, yeah. I like the Spider-Man noir stuff. Mm. I like the Spider-Man uh, noir suit and look and everything. But I, I could see no... No reason why I would want the skill associated with it, especially because it's to help with stealth, and stealth is very limited. Yeah. Even if you try and do a stealth thing on the base, that only works for the first wave, then you're forced into combat, so yeah. any other skill on that is better. <laughs> Some of the abilities as well aren't as cool as they sounded. Like, one of the early examples of that is that, that ho make the holograms of yourself ability that's a pretty early one. Yeah, yeah. And... That sounded really cool and then in practice doesn't really do much. Like, I very rarely saw enemies actually engage with them. I just found with all the powers, it was like, why bother when I can web blossom? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> fair. But yeah, no, I've, I've, I've been heckin' enjoying this video game. Like, it's, it's clear they poured all the money into it. Oh, yeah. The traversal I, is going to ruin every other open world game for me. Yeah, it... The thing is, it starts feeling... It feels good from the start to traverse that world. And it just feels nicer and nicer as it goes. Because you're always unlocking new cool stuff at a decent... Like, like take notice of this game, publishers. When you offer people ways to pay to skip the grind, have a look at this game and understand that when you say that, most of us who can think logically know that you're talking complete horse shit. Because mm. there ain't no grinding in here. I always felt like I was constantly unlocking things and that another unlock was coming soon. Without trying to. Yeah, I felt encouraged to play. Imagine that. With the exception of stuff like those fucking... Why does he have so many missions with pigeons? <laughs> I feel like this game should be called Pigeon Man. There's like three, four different missions, including pigeons, one of which requires you chasing down 12 fucking pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> that was one criticism, was like, there's a lot of recycled open world bollocks that you see in a lot of open worlds. It's just swinging around to them feels so much fun, though, that yeah. it doesn't really matter. That's the thing is, in any other game, I'd be critical of that, but it just feels so fun to be in this world that I really don't care. Um, yeah, like... A great example of that whole, it feels better the more you play it. Can't it be more than an hour and a half in, maybe? that Like, you, I got an upgrade where it's like, oh, double your movement speed while swinging. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I thought I was already moving pretty pretty fast while I was swinging, but okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go twice as fast. That that sounds good. You do the, the little web zips to, like, not lose any height. Yeah. That's the thing about the swinging. It's like, the longer you play it and the more you start to understand all the little nuances of it it just you by by the time you're six seven hours in and you're just fl like completely flying around the city at your will without when the controls have become second nature and it just looks spec 
I, I was posting videos of it on Twitter. I was so impressed by it. Once I realised how easy it was to go from swinging between buildings to then running on the building and then back into swinging, yeah. that was a game changer for me. Zip lining onto the buildings and then jumping off them, especially when you unlock the ability oh. that it boosts the height of an, a quick jump from that. Yeah. yeah, just amazing. What I love is, is swinging close to the road because mm -hmm. it just feels so fast when you're doing it that way. Yeah. Oh. I, I captured footage of the game like day one when I was getting ready for the review and then scrapped all of that once I'd unlocked some new things. So I was like, that looks, it, it looked great at the time, but compared to what I'm doing now, that looked shit. Oh gosh, it's, it's, my, one of my favourite silly things about that game is when you land on the ground you can just do finger guns and say hello to people yeah. as Spider-Man. Yeah. I just, yeah. I love stupid, silly things like that where it's just like, "Hey there, I'm Spider-Man. How you do? How you doing?" There's a lot of good humor in the game as well. Like it's well written. There's a few jokes that don't really land. Like in the first chapter, he's like, "What is this National Rocket Day?" and that didn't land at all for me. But a few minutes later, then he was saying. Because his suit is all ripped up and he's like, oh man, I don't want people to see my three chest hairs. <laughs> it's like, I thought that was really funny. I found the spider cop stuff pretty cute as well. Yeah. But, and also that spider cop thing kind of helped me to not feel so annoyed about some of the jokes that didn't land. Because we had very early on a character who just kind of groans at his attempts at humour and is like, yeah, yeah he, th he thinks he's funny, but he's not always. And that, But that's what the joke is. It, well, that's like... it. And after that, like, when he did those jokes that, like, that was clearly meant to be a joke, but it didn't land, I groaned, and then I got mm. thinking about that police officer and being like, oh, it's okay, I'm not alone in groaning at some of his jokes. There's one moment in the game where another character's having a very emotional moment and he cracks a joke that's just... And the other character's like, are you seriously cracking fucking jokes right now? And he's like, I'm sorry, I do it to break the tension. Yeah. Yeah. It's, he's really well acted. Is he? It sounds to me like the same guy who does um, uh, Prince of Persia, the, the, the Sands of Time one. Yep. It's uh, Yuri Lowenthal, who I happen to yeah. be uh, something of a fan of. Very prolific. He was... Uh, it's actually Zhang He in uh, a lot of the Dynasty Warriors games, um, even in the one where they did what they did to him. Um, yeah, he's that. He's been in. Uh, he was uh, the. I can't remember the character's name, but he was the leader of the Brotherhood of Steel in Fallout New Vegas. Oh, um, he's been in all sorts. I could. It would take all day to read off his achievements, but yeah, he's been in a ton of games, a lot of anime as well. I think in like the English dubs. What's his name? Uh, Yuri Lowenthal. A very good choice for Spider-Man, because he's got that... He can strike that tone really nicely. What else did I really like in this game? There's so many things I could... Like, I really enjoyed. The, um... Some of the crimes are fun as hell. They're, I, I've never... Don't remember playing a game where the, the annoying side stuff was so not annoying. <laughs> Chasing after the, the cars. The car crimes are good. You've they're got awesome, to yeah. zip onto the top of the car and avoid the gunfire and that. Mm. Um, yeah, they're good. One, one thing I really liked about the mission structure as well is I really liked that pretty much every mission you did had those couple of very achievable side objectives, which just sort of forced you to play, sort of, to think about how you're doing those, those combat encounters. I'm very much, I'm, I'm always a fan of, here's a couple of little optional things that will reward you if, with upgrade things if you can pull them off. Yeah. Yeah, it encourages you to experiment a little bit more and, and sort of really take advantage of what a versatile combat system it is. I, I really think it, that's 
one of its strengths is there's a variety of stuff that they managed to do with uh, with a comparatively limited control scheme. Uh, but because it's so based in context and what you're holding versus what you're pressing, uh, it allows you to just do a lot without it ever feeling overwhelming and confused. And that's a tough feat to pull off. Yeah, it's... It's a video game. I'm gonna be. I, I don't want to stop playing it, but I'm gonna be sad when it's done. I was. I was saying that last night as well on Twitter, Laura. It's that one of those games that gives you that the best dilemma, in that you you can't stop playing it, but you don't want it to end. <laughs> it's gonna be one of those games that, like, when it finishes, I'm gonna be like. I don't have any games I can move on to after this that are gonna feel as good. Can I just also talk about these the the boss fights? The first oh, boss fight yeah. I got into, I hated it. It was the one with where you're fighting um one character. I can't remember his name because I'm not too familiar with Spidey lore. Uh, Kingpin? Is it Kingpin? Because I know he was the first. Oh no, that one was fine. It was the one after that in the bank. Um, oh. The guy who was ch- throwing beams of light at you and stuff. And that frustrated the shit out of me, that fight. But there's boss fights later. There's two boss fights where you fight two characters at once. And I thought those were some of the best designed, most amazingly fun boss fights I've ever played. It made me a little bit um, annoyed that they didn't do, like, take a few pages from Arkham and put more supervillains in because those fights were so good. Yeah. And I would have loved more of them, more evenly distributed as well, because, as I said last time, a lot of the other supervillain stuff is gotten out of the way so quick in the last third of the game. Yeah. And I could have done with more stuff throughout because they are just because they're so good. Yeah, the main the main two villains in the game, their arcs are handled really well. Yeah. Because you kind of they, they build up throughout the game, but those other supervillains just kind of were kind of expected to know who they are and I didn't because I'm not you know, I I don't know Vulture and Rhino and I'm I'm no like big Spider Man person. Yeah. But I knew enough to be like, okay, I'm aware of like the Vulture and the Rhino, and uh, I know that like the the Shocker and uh, the Electro Dude are two separate people, even though they seem like they would be the same. Yeah. The same villain. Like I know the basics, and as such, I was able to be like, oh yeah, that that's cool. I'm glad like for someone who's done a little bit of the comics and seen most of the the films that have happened. Mm. I knew enough to really appreciate that they didn't spend forever on those stories. Yeah. But I can understand if you maybe are a little less familiar than feeling a bit rushed. Yeah. 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 The thing I was going to say about those boss fights is that um, it, it really, it, to me, it, those were the moments where you really realize how mechanically good this game is that they can, not really a gank fight, but a fight with two bosses can often be a very frustrating experience. Hello, Ornstein and Smog. Mm. but uh, it just really shows you how good the dodging mechanic is and how well they telegraph things in the game that you can fight these two bosses and it's a challenge but it never feels overwhelming or frustrating you know and I thought that was really really well done yeah I did like all the stuff they did with um, the scorpion Mm. Um, even if during one sequence I was like why is the scorpion doing this and why isn't this bit a Mysterio level why why Tell me why! <laughs> that was kind of their scarecrow moment, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, it, it, it could have been the Mysterio moment, and it was not. Oh, well. Actually, Jim, I, was, I'm, I'm, I think I'm near the final mission now, but I was surprised how much was left of the game after 
meeting the supervillains because you said last week it's at the end that that scene in the prison happens and I was like no the game's nearly over and actually it goes on for hours after that <laughs> I mean it's the it's the final act it's like yeah. the third act yeah. um it, it feels very late in the game to me um and maybe it was just because I did so much side stuff before then that it didn't feel all that long to me getting yeah, through yeah. all of that stuff um to me comparatively it was you know one mission, one mission, then the final stuff with the supervillains now out of the way. I did let out a little sigh coming into that third act when I cleared. I had cleared out every base. I'd done all the side missions. And mm. when when the police officer was saying, oh, look, they've got bases scattered all over the city. I just kind of had this sigh and it's like, of course they fucking have. <laughs> like, really? A third bunch of bases to clear it kind of got a bit farcical it got a bit far cry towards the end yeah i remember the challenges especially um i'll, I'll not mention the villain involved but he sets up some challenges and once i cleared a couple of them then another half dozen appeared on the map at the next juncture yeah. And then, of course, the pigeons, it was like 12 pigeons appeared, and then all of these bases appeared, and then all of, and I'm just like, this is a, this is like looking like a comedy sequence. I, I honestly didn't mind too much, because I, at that point, I was just like, stick a podcast on and keep going, it's all good. I had a problem with the challenges, actually, because um, as good as the game is, there are, there's a certain level of jank with the controls and the camera. And I feel that doesn't lend itself to timed missions. I hate time challenges in almost any open world game. I don't... They always seem obligatory. Like, developers feel like they need to put them in there. I've never enjoyed a single one. No, me either. I've never enjoyed a timed mission in an open world game. They never feel suited to a big open world. They'll forever be that thing on the map that I'll never finish. Yeah. Because I hate them. I did all the challenges only because I really like the villain who's mm. tied to them and I wanted to conclude that. But I I never tried to go for, you know, silver and gold. I just went through the motions and didn't bother trying to be good at them uh, because I figured I'm not going to. I don't like him. The very first one um, kind of sums it up for me. It's the timed one where you have to disarm the three bombs. Oh, yeah. And one of them is on this tiny little pier in the water. And it's oh, so yeah. hard to stick the landing on that pier. And then when you're in the water, the like whatever way you're supposed to get out didn't work and he's falling off the pier and it and it goes off two seconds before you get it and it's just i and you never feel like that when you play the game normally without the time limit and without because yeah. you've got options to get around any any slight junk you might encounter you don't feel like it's janky because you're doing other things whereas this i've had times found the camera to be very problematic during combat like getting stuck in trees and walls and God knows what. <laughs> it doesn't do well with small cramped environments in general no. and small scale movement when you're trying to do that at speed. Yeah. Like, I think the game does really impressively with big open spaces mm -hmm. and, like, be it combat encounters in big open spaces, big areas to land on, swinging quickly through the, uh, the city. It is more when you're trying to do precise things or yeah. the camera is wedged into somewhere small like when there's this like oh it's a jewelry shop being robbed type thing and you're trying to get your camera inside this small building it's like that's where it doesn't feel as polished yeah. at all god help you if you get like in a fight in an enemy base 
right between two little buildings. Oh, God, <laughs> You're just yeah. going to see wall. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, minor, minor, minor complaints. I mean, this is a 10 out of 10 game for sure for me. I think, honestly, a lot of the complaints come mostly from the genre yeah. than the game itself. Like, that's an issue. A lot of what we just talked about with cameras and buildings getting in the way, I could name that in almost every open world game I've ever played. Yeah. yeah. These are nitpicky complaints at best, I think, because a lot of a lot of these are like, I can complain about these things, but these are not the thing the, the things that are going to stick with me years from now when I think about this game. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's dang impressive. The busy work held it back for me to the point where I'm not sure if it's going to be in like my year-end awards this year. But it's it still makes a very compelling argument for being considered, so I'm just going to need to see what else comes out this year. It hasn't topped God of War for me, but I would say it's probably a close second at this point. It's, it's v- very, very high up there for me. I liked it a lot more than I was expecting to. For an arrogant, complacent company on the whole... Sony's software releases of late have been pretty damn good. Like, probably the best output. Sony have have been, like... It's been apparent in their last few, tri- like, AAA, either new IP or rebooted releases, that they're really willing to pour, like, infinite money into getting an IP off the ground and making it a big deal. Mm. Yeah. I think from a game release perspective, this is the best Sony's been... In a long, long time. I think about, like, the last three big Sony exclusives. I think about, like, Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War, Spider-Man. Yep. I'm like, that is three games that, like, completely, like, made me desperate for sequels when they finished and go, yeah, I play another game of this in a heartbeat. Thank you. Yes, please. Yeah, same. Yeah. And they were all either new IPs or complete reinventions of things that had happened before. So I'm like, yeah, well well done, Sony. You're working hard for, for your money. Yeah, they've been doing good from the software side. Business side, exasperating bastards. Fortnite, Fortnite. Spy- Spidey Spidey has outsold God of War, by the way. I don't know if you... Oh. Has, it, has it outsold it totally or just sold faster out the gates? Oh, no, no, just first... First weekend sales were higher, which is to be expected. I mean, it's uh... oh, sure, especially at the height of Marvel Mania. Yeah, um, yeah. Did you hear what Sony that Sony doubled down again on their like shitty, <laughs> shitty stuff again recently? Um, oh yeah, I've done a video on that. You better believe it. Yeah, this was this was. I think in the last week or so, they made another statement, being like, um, "Just to reiterate, the reason we don't let you play Fortnite with your friends over crossplay is because we believe." It's the best experience for our players. <laughs> PlayStation players get the best experience by not being allowed to play with their friends. A literal lie. That's literally not the truth because your 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 version has less features. Yeah, I have played with just the Sony people and I have played with all the people and I can tell you playing with all the people is better. Yeah. Yeah. Objectively, it lacks a feature that all the other versions have. Same with mods. On uh, at least if we just talk about consoles, you know the mods, the mods that you can get on the Xbox One, far superior to the after much fucking resistance, they finally relented and let you have some mods on the PS4 versions of Bethesda games, but only using pure in-game assets and systems. Whereas Xbox One, I can dress up like Jason fucking Voorhees if I want. Ah. 
Oh, to say no. nothing, of course, about the PC versions. Yeah, of course. Fucking best experience. Yeah, it's a bit ridiculous. The best fucking experience. I wish Spidey was on PC in 60 and 60 frames per second. You could say that for every game. I was never, I was <laughs> never disappointed with the experience on PS4, technically. The frame rate was kind of bothering me at first, but I'm used to it now. I was never upset that I wasn't playing it on PC. Um... Mm. But yeah, uh, got a couple of other little bits this week. Uh, Jim, you played a Fist of the North Star thing. Ah-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta, you are dead, friend. Yeah, play that Fist of the North Star, no bother. No bother, mate. <laughs> uh, it's real good. It It is exactly Yakuza. <laughs> it, they don't even try and hide it. I think there are even some reused bloody assets. They don't even try and hide it. But it's okay. It's fine, and it sort sort of works. Like, even to the point where if you want to go into a building, it'll do the exact same camera sh- shift and um, screen uh, pressing in. Uh, pressing in the black barring that happens when you're near a building in Yakuza before you go in. It, it has that. The map is exactly the same. The mini-map design, exactly the same. The grey buildings with the yellow and pink ones. Um, the combat is basically the same. It's a Yakuza game, but with a Fist of the North Star mask over the top of it. And it works just fine to me. Um, you know, it's obviously a lot more violent with heads exploding and swelling and just body parts bursting. Um, and but, but yeah, it's great. It's so stupid. I only played the demo. Um, I, I might see if... Because Sega's one of the few companies that, that still sometimes talk to me. <laughs> so I might see if they've got any advanced copies so I can get that up uh, at an embargo, which would be fun. Um but yeah, yeah, I only played the demo so far. I played the racing. There's a, you know, have a go on the racing that they've got with uh, cars. That's fun. Um, one story mission and what I guess is the tutorial where you fight your way up uh, Shin's palace. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's it's more Yakuza, but with Fist of the North Star on top. And I like Fist of the North Star to a point. I couldn't stick with the main story yeah. because it gets a bit dull after a while because there are no real, not many real stakes for someone who can punch you and then your head blows up. Yeah, that's fair. Like It, it seems like a good fit of a studio because it's like, oh, big over-the-top anime and company that gets things a bit silly yeah see it seems like it'd be a good match i'm glad to hear that it's it seems to be good i'm a big fan of like the over-the-top absurdity of fist of the north star uh, especially with the villains like jaggy and yuda and sales and stuff like that and certainly the demo well i mean the yakuza team is just perfect the yakuza team is perfect for this where it's very very silly and there's a lot of over-the-top fighting. And that's Yakuza stock and bloody trade. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's one of those things where I never thought to put those two together. But now I've seen them together, it makes so much fucking sense. Yeah. Like, more sense than when um, Koei did a Dynasty Warriors version. Mm-hmm. It done in the Yakuza style makes so much sense. that like, I don't know why I this wasn't happening years ago did did you see the uh the the announcement of the new game from the the yakuza studio um i may have heard of it i may not have uh so the yakuza team aren't making a yakuza game this year instead they're making a game about you being a judge in japan 
<laughs> who, uh, like, you were, you're a lawyer, and, like, I'm trying to wonder, as best I can, like, get through the muddled English in this Japanese trailer. Basically, it seems like you were a lawyer who was suspected of murder and arson, and, you know, wasn't allowed to be a lawyer, and then the big case shows up and it's like, ah, we need to go get your help to crack the case because only you are a good enough lawyer slash also detective slash also judge, maybe, who doesn't play by the rules to come help us solve the crimes. Hmm. The way you were describing it, I was like, so someone was too corrupt to be a lawyer, so they were made a judge. I was like, what is this, America? <laughs> oh! So it, it, it's a, it seems to be like he was probably innocent of the crime or whatever, but... It, it seems to be do detective work and also lawyer work, but also, like, get into big fights and have very silly things happen and go on a big buddy cop mystery adventure. And I'm like, mm. I'm, I'm up for that. I'm up for seeing what else the Yakuza team can do, because they, they make good stuff. Yeah, I mean, they're very good at, at telling some somewhat serious stories within a very absurd framework. Yeah. Um, they're very good at that, getting two moods to somehow work together. Um, so yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, the other newsy thing we had happen this week, which, uh, it's interesting, and I'm hoping that by the end of this week I can talk a bit more about it, but... So there was meant to be a Nintendo Direct last week on Thursday. Oh yeah. And it got cancelled slash pushed back, and it's probably gonna happen soon, and... We saw a bunch of announcements kind of happen around the time the Direct was meant to happen, and there's been this weird trickle of news where it's very clear a lot of things were meant to be Direct announcements, and people forgot to to not have pages scheduled to go up with announcements, and they went up and then got taken down again. Um, the main things we got out of that is, uh, yeah, we got confirmation that Final Fantasy XV... Uh, the mobile version is what's coming to Switch. Yeah. Not not the full game. It's going to be Final Fantasy XV Pocket Edition from the phones. Uh, that's that's a thing. Uh, Civ Six is coming to Switch. That got put up with no press release. A page just appeared for it with no YouTube video in the spot where the YouTube video was meant to be, and then the page went down again. So it looks like Civ Six is coming to Switch. Man, that must have been a real last-minute cancellation of that direct. It was cancelled, like, literally just hours before it aired. And mm, what I will say about that is look out, look out on my Twitter feed on Friday, probably. I, I'm suspecting Friday. I'm, I'm working on a thing about, like, what went down, because there was a lot... There is a reason that Direct had to get delayed, and that will be very apparent when it airs. And there's a lot of interesting things about the weird dominoes that fall when a Direct get can gets cancelled last minute and all these third parties are accidentally still announcing things. Wow. Like, Nintendo even accidentally made one of their announcements. They cancelled the Direct, but then if you looked on, I think it was the UK website, like, oh, there's the official name of that that Yoshi cardboard game that got showed off at Switch. It's Yoshi's uh, Craft World, I think it's called. Like, that Nintendo accidentally put the name up on their own website because they forgot that they... to, like, unschedule it. Oh. That That was a weird mess of things this week. So, yeah. The, Nintendo cancelled their Direct and then everything got a bit weird. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
did you see the other Nintendo smaller news, Laura? Um, uh, Breath of the Wild is now the best-selling ever 3D Zelda game. I didn't see that news. Yeah, that's fun because it's not the best 3D Zelda game. Best-selling, not best. No, I I also agree it's not the best, but it's the best-selling. I mean, good good for them. I am glad that it that it sold well. I think that. I'm glad to see Nintendo like take some risks and try something very different to the formula they just kind of relied on for a while. And I'm glad that they were rewarded for trying something new rather than just repeating the formula. Because I-, I like the idea of Nintendo's going, oh, maybe it's a good idea to do new things with our franchises sometimes. I mean, any major game that isn't a microtransaction-laden fuckfest doing well yeah. is fine by me. I'm I'm just hope I hope they take the right lessons from that selling well of like oh open worlds and lots of content and uh you know voice acting are good directions to go don't take the lessons of we never want dungeons yes. again and every uh, every game should have rain that stops you climbing and and weapons that break don't don't learn those lessons holy shit this game is this <laughs> game is selling gangbusters they must love weapons that break after 3 hits more of those put them in mario does he have weapons i don't care make his ass break and rain spider-man sold well put more enemy bases everywhere and more pigeons more games need pigeons Pigeon missions. Pigeon man. Yeah. I'm a pigeon. Man, actually, now that we have pigeon chasing technology, we're like <laughs> a couple of shades away from Dastardly and Muttley and their flying machines, the game. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Why isn't there a Wacky Races, like a modern one, out now on, uh, on modern game systems? I want a new Wacky Races. I want a Yogi's Lav Olympics. And I want yeah. Space Race, Yogi's Space Race as well, and uh, Catch the Pigeon with uh, Dustin and Muttley and their flying machines. Jim, there is there is a uh, Wacky Races game on PC that you could play, dot, 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 that came out in 1991, if you can make that run on your machine. Yeah, you see, I had a feeling there must have been one from, like, prehistoric dinosaur times. But I want one out now, full modern graphics and everything. Um... <laughs> On Switch, of course, yeah. because everything should be on the Switch. Everything's got to come to the Switch. I bought a giant Mysterio statue. I didn't know it'd be so big. It's full one scale. Oh. He is probably going to be in the sequel because they confirmed his existence in the game, at least. Oh, yeah, yeah. Multiple times there are references to him in the game. It's so big. His head, his fishbowl head on this statue is bigger than a billiard ball. I was going to say there, I, co- I saw one of those reference in the backpacks. I collected every single one of those backpacks. They were the perfect collectible because when you get them, you get a really brief little two or three second blurb about something in his past. And that, that for me was reason to hunt them all down. Yeah, it, it makes good world building. They were, they were pointless and weird when you stop and think about them and go, why the fuck were you leaving evidence that, like, why, why did you leave a backpack with evidence that you're talking to this member of the police force who would get fired if she got found out? Leaving that just webbed underneath, like, a ledge somewhere easy to get to. Yeah, one of them was wedged to a dumpster at ground level. Yeah. It, it doesn't hold up to thinking about it. Yeah. Well, a lot of stuff in the game doesn't. There's There's been a bunch of times where, where 
a dude I kicked off a roof definitely did not stick to the side of the building and slammed his head into the pavement. <laughs> no, they all just magically web themselves to the building and it's fine. There was another guy I knocked out and he fell face first into a, a pond. I was like, "Oh, sorry, dude." <laughs> that's always that's always been a th- that's always been a thing in games. The Batman games, he doesn't kill people, but he will leave them face down in a puddle. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't kill them because when he hits them at a hundred miles per hour, he also electrocutes them. <laughs> or that time when he puts the wheel of the Batmobile on that dude's head and just crushes yeah. it. There, there was an early Spider-Man one where I'm like, "This dude is dead." It was the early stealth section with the masked people. And I webbed someone and, like, webbed his mouth shut so he couldn't shout, webbed him up into a vent and onto the ceiling of the vent so he couldn't move and couldn't speak and was trapped up in a vent. I'm like, he's, he's, he's going to die. Yeah, he's going to die. Police are never going to find him up there. He's dead. Forever. To slowly rot and die of starvation. <laughs> there was a really fun little joke about that in a Deadpool comic I was reading last night um, where Thor... Uh, summons lightning and fries Deadpool and this other character called Madcap and he's just uh, Daredevil's there. He's like, do you think you killed them? And like, if I did, they died warriors' deaths. I think they're dead. They died warriors' deaths, and then he just flies <laughs> off. Uh, uh. Did you um? Did y'all see that new trailer for Sekiro? Shadows die oh, twice. It looks so good, doesn't it? Yeah. I feel like I feel like that's going to end up being a big one on this podcast. I want to play it. Yeah, when does it come out? It's like March next year, I think. March, yeah. I want to play that video game with my hands. Give me, I mean, Ninja Bloodborne. Give me that. I'm all. Of, the only thing that worries me is that what the combat premise is that uh, you only hit the actual other character once. You the the rest is about blocking and creating openings and wearing down their stamina. I don't know if that's going to be feel as satisfying as slashing into people all the time, but it remains to be seen. I mean, if anyone's going to pull it off well, From Software have yeah. the highest chance of... It's not the first time it's been done in a game. Um, I'm trying to remember, there was a... I think it was a samurai game where it was like one hit death and it was more about blocking and stuff, but... Definitely, from software, have the yeah. the chops to pull it off. If anyone's going to in today's world, they they know how to make very satisfying feeling combat systems. So I'm not worried about this feeling good to kill things in. I don't think they'd do it if it didn't feel good. Mm. Well, I don't know. They did Bed of Chaos. Well, <laughs> well, they were rushed. They were rushed. So, you know, they should have done something different when they re-released it. But uh, they were under the cosh for that last part of the first Dark Souls. Like, if if you think about it, two two of their four games in the Souls style have a lot of bits in them that don't feel good. Yeah. Like, I would say Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3 probably are the least frustrating of the four, but the other two have a lot of shit moments. But the way it feels to move the character and engage in combat as them... Like, that core combat set of mechanics tends to feel good. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm not worried about Sekiro, but we'll... And, and add a grappling hook to that and you're flying. Yeah. Liter- quite literally. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's all I've got for this week. Yeah. 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 Um, just waiting for Shadow of the Tomb Raider to hit. Um, I've, I've heard very mixed things about that. Yeah, it'll be out by the... 
by the time this goes up, I think it'll be out. I think I can't remember. I've seen I've seen everything from my absolutely love this to this isn't even a Tomb Raider game to this is awful to. There's there's a lot of people whose opinions I usually line up with who have been very disappointed by the narrative. Yeah. Um, which is a shame because I was hoping this would be like a nice narrative, like closer to that trilogy, and to just be like, yep, it's done, and it feels like a satisfying end. I'm still gonna play it because oh, sure. I really like, I really love those games mechanically. I find them really fun to play, so I'm gonna play it, and I'm probably gonna have a good time. But apparently, maybe not as amazing as I'd hoped. They're beautiful worlds to explore as well. Yeah, I'm, I, I had my expectations tempered somewhat by Olivia White, who stressed that this is not like the other ones, mm. um, and that, that she, they certainly did not think that was a good thing. Yeah, so. I'm gonna go in with an open mind. I'm, you know, I'm play it for work, but mm, I hope it's good. I think the two I saw were Olivia White and also Kazza McDonald's coverage. Both had me a bit like, okay, I'll go in, I'll go in just like open to it being good, but ready for if it might be weirdly different. There's one good thing I heard about it, which is actually something else I meant to mention about Spidey. Which is the amount of options in it for your difficulty settings. Mm. And I love that in Spider-Man I can turn the fucking QTEs off. <laughs> <laughs> Just not have to think about them at all. The the accessibility options in Spider-Man are really nice. Like there's mm. there's things like uh button uh mashing the button minigames, you can change to either like auto pass them or hold them down rather than mashing. If yeah. you've got like um dexterity issues with your hands there are things like if you cannot do the puzzle bits if your brain just does not work for the visualizing puzzle things you can set them to like have an auto skip option there are lots of things in there to be like make sure you can see all the cool things in the game without getting stuck by these things if you're someone who makes music videos from video games and likes a hud free experience mm. in their music videos being able to switch off qtes is a really really nice touch <laughs> yeah hint 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 yeah i mean i'm just a, i'm i'm fond of any game that has tailored difficulty options that aren't just a straightforward oh the enemies are easy or the enemies are hard you know mm. take more damage give more damage um, which is fine, you know. It's that's fine. Um, you know, as someone who typically goes on the default settings, no matter what, it doesn't affect me too much. But a game where you can tweak aspects of the game, like as you say, turn the QTEs off, or you know, make this certain thing more aggressive and this certain thing. Like the simplest one I always liked was the Silent Hill games, where you could adjust the difficulty of the combat and the difficulty of the puzzles. Yeah. Uh, especially replaying Silent Hill 2. Um, I played it default the first time around, but whenever I've replayed Silent Hill 2, I've put the puzzles on easy because I'm not interested in them. I'm just not interested in them. It's one of the things that I really loved again about Celeste when I played through that was mm. how many options there were for tweaking your, your experience there. If you were stuck on a puzzle, here's 12 different ways you could make it slightly easier for yourself but still have a good challenge. Plus, Jim, some of the puzzles in Silent Hill 2 make no fucking sense. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're so fucking stupid. That one with the orange juice down the garbage chute <laughs> just... What? There are some <laughs> of them that are so strange and, and don't really conform to a... a 
a tangible logic that I don't know how I got past them the first time when I replay them now. <laughs> yeah. Brute force. The one where you have to reach down the hole with the, the like coat hanger or whatever it is to hook something. And like the way you have to go about that puzzle is so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, some silly stuff. Still the best horror game of all time though. But Silent Hill 2 is so fucking good. Ah. Is that a good place for us to wrap up? That is a good place to wrap it all up. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, Laura, where can people find out more of your stuff, what you do? You can find me Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Laura K Buzz on YouTube, Laura K Buzz on Twitch. Uh, you can find me on kotaku.co.uk, Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. You can find me in a book that is releasing uh, June 18th next year i believe my memoir probably there'll be some news about the other book the butt book in the next like few weeks that's coming up uh you can find me on queer and pleasant strangers which is a podcast to do with jane magnet where we do silly voices and skits and try and make each other have a bit of a giggle and you can find me on dice funk which is a fifth edition dungeons and dragons real play podcast each season is a self-contained story so you can jump in at any season there's a great reason to jump in at season five that starts this weekend because Conrad Zimmerman's going to be on it. Hooray! I can talk about that now. I'm going to be playing D&D with that Conrad Zimmerman, and it's going to be in space. We're going to be doing space D&D, where hmm. I'm going to be playing a drunk hippo lady space captain who's just going around space like this, trying to do all sorts of adventures. So go listen to Dice Funk, because that's a show what I'll be doing with Conrad. Cool, cool. And Gavin, I hear through the grapevine, like the song, that you are a bit of a, a minstrel, a wandering bard as twere. Uh, where can people listen to that, please? The music. You can find my songs on YouTube, where the most recent one was my seven-minute symphonic metal duet with Carly Ann based off Divinity Original Sin 2, which was kind of a collab with the studio because they captured a lot of the video footage for us so thanks to larian for that and the song was a great success which was really nice great. and my it 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 both it and the recent fallout 76 and recent god of war one have really boosted my channel back up this month so Yay. so that's good to know i went like 20 percent up in in views this month from the rest of the year so. that's good Thanks for everyone for watching. And if you haven't watched, go and have a listen because they're good songs. Yeah. And you can follow me on Twitter at Miracle of Sound, all one word. You can find me on Patreon if you want to help me pay my bills. Uh, also Miracle of Sound. And I have Instagrams and all Facebooks and all that stuff too. Where you can see me cleaning my kitchen to, to a different band every week and basically wrecking the gaff. Cool. Um, yeah, YouTube... Uh... It's still doing what it can to push one down, but thanks to everyone who's been sharing the videos, circulating the tapes, that's that it helps. It simply helps. Uh, you know, I try not to do the whole smash that like and subscribe button in my videos, which might be to my detriment because I, you know, I'm not playing the game YouTube wants everyone to play. So one relies on more acoustic methods of getting stuff out there um outside of that uh, i mentioned earlier but uh just to remind you if you can get to mississippi uh if you're near or around or it's easy to get to the jackson area september 22nd stardust second official match uh, should be 
should be good. Had more time to prepare for this one instead of a training session beforehand. Um, so it should be interesting. Uh, it, it will be a big night for Stirdust. Come hell or high water, he's determined to make this the biggest night so far. So if you can get down there, this will be one to get down for. Uh, this will definitely be perhaps the one to get down for. I hope there'll be some video footage again. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, you know, the PWE record everything and Justin's always there with his camera. So that that should be good. Uh, can't think of anything else major to tell anyone about. Um, oh, if you haven't seen it yet, there's a new commentocracy on the Jim Sterling YouTube channel. Uh, that is Ducamiel Adcore, uh, reading lovely comments from elite hardcore gamers from across the world. And he read out some Shenmue hate mail that I received. Um, hate mail about my, my negative Shenmue opinions. Uh, very worth listening to and don't and don't forget twitter users that duke uh, amiel is a wonderful gif you can find under jim sterling oh yes uh for for when someone's being a dick to you about video games on twitter there are lots of good amiel gifs out there um i think one that that might arise from this latest one is did you finish a video game um that was a good one justin hantley breaks some of the quotes into impact font uh text so that you don't even have to add that. You can just add GIF, and then you've got one. Uh, and that's that. Thank you all so much for listening, for sharing our work, for supporting what we do, uh, especially these days, thanks to the algorithms. It's a little bit tougher for a lot of people that don't play that game. So thank you so much for that, and we will see you next week for the 200th episode. By God. Woo! We'll see you then. Woo. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.